in any marketplace, just name it, uh, you will face the situation where you have to go through thousands or even millions of NFT to understand which is really worth to buy. What kind of NFT has artistic value? So this is why we decided that we want to have uh, originality as a marketplace for professionals, which means only art galleries are allowed to mean uh, NFTs at originality. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Crypto, the podcast exploring all things entertainment and Web3. I'm your host, Stephen Ladin. And this week, our guest is co-founder and CEO of iOriginality, Ekaterina Smirnova. In this episode, Ekaterina discusses how her childhood passion for justice and background in law led to the creation and formation of iOriginality, a secure, user-friendly, and professionally curated platform that facilitates the minting, sharing, collecting, auctioning, and trading of digital assets in a decentralized economy using official art galleries as the point of entry. Ekaterina also discusses how smart contracts are transforming the art world and the potential they have to transform other industries as well. Let's dive in. Ekaterina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Um, Well, really interested in learning more about you and your journey and the company uh, IOGNality. but before we kind of get into what it is that you do and what the company does, how did it all start? Like, was working uh, in, with with artists and working in emerging tech something that you were always curious about? How how did that path unfold for you? Yeah, thank you. A question, and I believe the answer will be quite a surprise because uh, the journey. Uh, which led to originality marketplace, the art marketplace, started not really with passion for art. It started with the searching of justice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what um, I was really interested in since a childhood. And wow. it was quite predictable. I got a um, diploma in law. So I graduated law faculty. I like, became a partner in one of the biggest in the world law firm after I established my own law firm. So it's all about justice, yeah? And my team and me, we did a lot of brilliant projects. We built up a lot of digital platforms, digital ecosystems, etc., etc. And what we saw that that Web2 world is not really fair because it has a huge disproportion in, you know, in money sharing, in uh, um, information, etc., etc. So that is why when blockchain appeared, we believed that this is about justice. What was it about justice early on that that attracted you to pursuing pursuing it? What what was it that fueled you in a way? You know, when you work in Web three for long, you can see really this disproportion in every sphere which relates to Web two. And when uh, blockchain appeared, uh, 
okay, I'm not a huge fan of idea of full decentralization. I don't really believe it is possible, but uh, I believe that it is possible to the certain degree, you know, that you can, um, for example, really, you can provide peer-to-peer transactions. Uh, you can provide accessible market for everyone. So this is about justice. This is about Web3. And blockchain is a very core of uh, Web3, any Web3 solution, I believe. And was justice something, in your previous legal work, something that was at sort of the press of, or was at the focal point of what drove you and your career interests before, you know, before getting into Web3, was that sort of just built into the bedrock of what you wanted to pursue professionally? Yeah, absolutely. I've been practicing competition law. I mean, I've been practicing the law about which is very aim is to provide justice, to provide equal access to markets, uh, fair market conditions. And uh, yeah, competition law is the first sphere which, you know, was really focused on digital markets because we witnessed those dramatical change um, with appearance of digital platforms. They, like, being intermediaries, they own market power. It's quite, uh, you know, it's quite unusual. Uh, the world, The world hasn't seen something like that before. Uh, because, okay, if you produce something, you can own market power. But our days, platforms, they do not produce anything, but they, the, the all market power belongs to them. Belongs to them. So, yeah. So, it sounds like then the idea of evening the playing field has been something that you've been just attracted to helping companies achieve and yeah absolutely the main idea was to help company achieve a market to provide them uh, with infrastructure which allows to you know to make this leap of faith to make this step into web3 because we understand i mean uh, we not simply understand we know for sure Um, It can be quite pricey to have a legal department which knows what kind of legal contracts are required. For example, if you want to sell uh, some kind of work um, in the NFT format, we know for sure it also can be pricey to have a financial director which knows how to deal with cryptocurrencies, etc., etc. So we decided to create this infrastructure to create a solution to allow emerge galleries to to make this step into the web3 to the better world <laughs> and what about web3 got you excited about it as a solu- as a, as an ecosystem that could help launch you know originality and how how did how did you move from or or find the inspiration to move from web two to to web three uh yeah first of all um originality uh is about digital art but also originality has potential to be an infrastructure for every market with a unique item 
So it means that uh, transparency is really important for those markets. You as a buyer needs to see the history of your item, to whom it belonged before, uh, when it was produced. You need uh, to verify the authenticity of the item. So that is why blockchain is a quite obvious, I would say it's number one solution when you want to verify the authenticity. The, uh, the authenticity. Uh, this is number one. The second thing is, I would say, like KYC, KYB procedures. It is not very common for the market at the moment, but in originality, we incorporated KYC procedures as obligatory step to be the part of the marketplace because we believe that yeah, cryptocurrency can help to avoid um, all extra bank fees, for example. But it has to be very transparent. It has to be legal in order to become a solution of the new world. So um, it's easy to do with uh, Web3 as well. Mainly based on this, we decided that, that Web3 uh, is a good solution to provide um, equal access to the market to provide fair conditions. So it, so it sounds like the transparency element, which perhaps was lacking in Web2, you found in Web3 and, and was a driving force in the creation of iogenality and, and realizing that this was the best playground for it. Yeah, transparency is a, yeah, that's the, that's the main reason. So understanding that transparency would be sort of the backdrop and, and the, the ethos, how did the company come to be? So um, we've got a few main ideas uh, which are the very core of originality. First of all, we have to say we are not really traditional marketplace since we allow to mint uh, only professional market players, which are galleries. This is another problem with um, blockchain, which we saw. Accessibility of blockchain devaluates core expertise, you know. Uh, for example, people who belong to blockchain often do not think about um, required legal framework or financial side of deals, etc. Uh, and we can see this in um, art market as well. For example, in any marketplace, just name it, uh, you will face the situation where you have to go through thousands or even millions of NFT to understand which is really worth to buy. What kind of NFT has artistic value? So this is why we decided that we want to have uh, originality as a marketplace for professionals, which means only art galleries are allowed to mean uh, NFTs at originality. And is the idea then that you're hoping to create a buffer, ideally, that if, if art galleries are minting, then there's some protocol in place that is, you know, kind of what you're saying, ensuring that the artists and the people uh, and the works that are coming in are, you know, authentic and. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great question. Thank you. That's 
actually, you know, the pillar number two, I would say, uh, we understand that we allow galleries to mint. Uh, it dissolved the problem with, uh, you know, defining what buyers uh, can buy, can acquire on our marketplace, but it creates other problem because uh, the, uh, the income should be distributed between a few um, market players, between gallery and between artists, for sure. And sometimes, uh, you know, uh, transactions involve art dealers or curators because they are really important players in traditional art market. And uh, this is what we did uh, at Originality. We, you know, specify the very special role for every market player, not only for galleries, not only for artists, but as well as uh, art dealers and curators. Uh, and for example, uh, when you sell um, NFT at the market, at our marketplace, you can uh, distribute the income between all participants of the transaction, between all people who are involved. I mean, you said, um, you define the proportion of the gallery, of the artist, or a few artists, uh, of art curator, if he or she facilitated the transaction, and um, curator who promote the artist, for example. And, uh, you know, our smart contract is built up that way that uh, all of them receive income immediately at the very moment uh, of the transaction neat so it's so it's everybody gets paid without having to try to figure out all right now i have to take this check and send it piece of it here piece of it here piece of it here it all gets disseminated in in real time yeah absolutely very cool and so if i'm an artist though it sounds like then i have to i can't just upload my works onto the marketplace i have to go through a gallery so my my barrier to entry is working with or being approved by a gallery that you guys work with and then having that be is that sort of the path or can, can i independently put my works uh into the marketplace yeah um actually there are two ways uh first of all if you're an artist you can do it through the gallery yeah, this is how we verify um, the artistic value. This is our solution. We understand it's not the only one solution, uh, but this is how we decided to do this. But other way is to establish your own gallery. So to be incorporated as a legal entity and you can be um, listed at originality as well. In terms of the projects that are listed, is there a theme or a specific type of project that best fits the marketplace for you guys or is that completely open to whatever's being submitted from galleries etc yeah it's completely open you know uh, we do not uh, create any artificial barriers to entry the market we understand that the concept of modern art is really broad and we are no one you know to decide okay this is art this is not art. not we are not about this we just want to be sure that uh people who are um uh, that that people who 
mint on originality. They really belong to the art market. That's it. I understand you have also amongst your background, uh, a background in art. How does that come into play in terms of uh, originality's function and your understanding of artists and what goes into a work and and again all the pieces that uh you mentioned earlier who who might take a part of a transaction how does how does your background artistically inform everything you're doing in the originality space uh yeah actually it's not only my background that's the background of the team we have chief art director uh, which is very experienced. She's very experienced in art market, so she knows a lot of galleries, I mean, emerging galleries and very well-established galleries. And um, her name is Anna Boli, and she is a person who helped us, you know, to define all key players in the art market and uh, to specify the very special role for them in originality. Uh, so. Yeah, we based um, on many years of experience in art market in this part of originality. And also we've got uh, people from I mean, our CTO uh, has been practicing in uh, blockchain sphere for, for a long time since the moment blockchain appeared. And um, his expertise helped us to build up the very unique tailor-made smart contract, which I described already. And like, for example, my experience or the experience of uh, another co-founder, uh, we belong to legal market and we did our best to, you know, integrate our experience into originality. For example, we provide galleries uh, with uh, templates of all the required contracts. Anything you need, for example, if you need to buy a digital artwork uh, from artists and uh, to be entitled to resell this artwork at originality in the format of NFT, we'll provide you with a template. Um, also, we provide um, all market members, all, all, all originality members with a clear and transparent IP right packages. We saw that's kind of problem for the market because, you know, um, we can see a few scandals in the market uh, about IP rights because buyers uh, believe they acquire like, a full package and they can do whatever they want to do with the item. Uh, however, sellers are not very sure about this. And I mean, surprisingly, it relates not only to small transaction, it relates to um, really big companies, probably you heard about uh, all these disputes between Miramax, Quentin Tarantino, Palm Fiction uh, case and Duna case. There are a lot of really. So to avoid these problems, to prevent all these legal disputes, <laughs> we are really good at this. <laughs> we created uh, transparent sets of IP rights which can be transferred together with uh, digital art. So wow. when gallery means anything, gallery, you know, just uh, needs to choose, okay, I decide to sell this digital artwork together with like, this package of rights. 
and buyer at originality can clearly see it what kind of rights are um is is acquired together with a digital artwork so yeah we did our best to make it smooth transparent very clear this part is based on our legal expertise gotcha gotcha and and what's the response been from galleries who may not have been well gal i should say galleries and artists who may not have been in the web3 space yet but you guys have helped them adopt and and move into the space has there been resistance excitement what's sort of the general a- ambiguity fear like what's what's sort of the response been from from those parties that's a great question because that's my main pain i would say <laughs> okay you know <laughs> uh sometimes we really think we anticipate in the time we come to galleries and say, okay, we dissolve, resolved all your problems. Now you clearly know what kind of rights you transfer together with digital artwork, etc., etc." And the answer is not, we, like, we expected something like, wow, that's cool. But the answer is, uh, okay, did we have all those questions? Did we have all those problems? Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, it's it's really painful. So um, due to this, we started our launch campaign with um, with the educational uh, project um, NFT Nightmares, uh, the name of the project, and we describe all legal scandals related to NFT market and explain why um, why it happens and uh, what should be done to prevent those uh, legal problems. Yeah, that's, that, that's kind of problem. That's what we find really difficult about uh, originality. However, if we come to galleries who are experienced, who have at least, you know, um, small experience in Web3, who try to mint anything, uh, who, who already ha- uh, tried to mint anything, they clearly understand what kind of infrastructure we provide so they are really excited about it it sounds like then there's a there's a an onboarding stage that uh could kind of go either way but that the people who get it and see the value and as you're saying are, are excited by it and uh see the future of possibilities yeah is it possible if you have an artwork listed on a particular gallery, say it doesn't sell, can I, as the artist, take it, bring it to another gallery and put that back up onto the marketplace? Uh, you need to, to, first of all, you need to burn uh, the token, the initial token. It cannot be, you know, just exist. Um the the copy cannot just coexist, uh, and you need yeah to enter the contract with a new gallery. Probably you need to change the contract with the first one, and yeah, you can do this. Oh, interesting. For example, you can uh, invite art dealer to help you with um, with the transaction, you know, because um, art dealers are really important part of uh, 
the traditional art market, they really help to facilitate transactions. Uh, they, you know, find uh, collectors and they help galleries to find really brilliant artists. That is why we created for them special referral program. Uh, we invite them to originality and this is the way how we'd like, you know, uh, to promote originality um, through the globe, through our ambassadors, through art dealers, because uh, they can earn uh, from every transaction they are involved to in originality. So if you're an artist and you really want to find a new collector uh, to sell your item, you can uh, invite our dealer who can help you with this being a professional in the market. Hmm. And all you have to do is really bake in the dealer into the smart contract and that's how everybody's yeah. taken care of. Yeah, everyone has guaranteed. Hmm. Web3 is this space that is, you know, six months from now, I'm sure we'll be having different conversations. It's It's constantly evolving, constantly changing. How do you guys, especially on the legal front, aim to... Or, or what's in place that can help keep ahead of the trends and, and also pioneer uh, in this space to, to make sure that the contracts are evolving with the tech? Uh, yeah, actually, I absolutely agree with you that um, Web3 space is changing 24-7, I would say, not, yeah. not only six months. Uh, not only every six months, but um, we can clearly see that, uh, you know, the very gist, the very core of every market is almost still the same because it's based on the very clear principles of contracts, of communications between people. So it's still the same. For example, if I sell something uh, and you buy this item, we just want to be sure that um, the price is fair, that conditions are clear, that we both understand um, the same way uh, what is the item of our contract. So it's still the same, actually. Uh, there are a lot of new rules, I agree with you. For example, digital market regulation was adopted this year in the EU. EU. Uh, Mika, it's like, uh, you know, it's very disruptive regulation, I would say, because uh, it is aimed to to control the market at a certain uh, level, but also uh, it is aimed to make the market uh, clearer and safer um, and more transparent. Uh, so. For example, um, as for Mika, we already uh, have all those conditions which are obligatory according to this regulation in originality. So we really belong to this market. We know what to expect and we integrate all those um, you know, technologies or issues, legal issues into marketplace already. Just on a more macro level, that, that having a broader perspective when it comes to change if you're a web3 company just in general but in in this case pertaining to art that having malleability in 
the company's operations and in in the company's future growth you know do you have to kind of build in flexibility and change into a company to succeed in this in this space is that sort of also uh, a prerequisite call it uh to to future success yeah um we did our best to do this uh, as i told already our uh, idea is that originality is suitable not only for the art market but it is a quite good infrastructural uh, infrastructural solution for every market with a unique item like i don't know precious stones collectible wines watches um and we built up originality keeping this in mind um, so we did our best to create an infrastructure which is suitable for different markets and this is how you know we try to mitigate our risks because we understand that yeah nft market and um digital art market has its ups and downs sure <laughs> and sure. and yeah you know we get plan b uh we we really want to start uh with art market it is important to us because we believe that art market uh is you know is is, re is ready for this solution because they have been discussing nft as a phenomena for for a few years already, uh, many galleries, many artists uh, have experience in Web3 already. So we believe that art market is the proper, you know, the proper market to start, but it's not the only market to start with. We want to move further. We want to use our infrastructure, for example, in markets with uh, precious stones. They also need transparency. They also need to verify authenticity. They also need to have clear legal framework. And here we are under their nose. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with the ability in the same way that art has perhaps uh, a few or can have a few different parties involved in a single transaction same thing with with stones uh, as well so so it seems like that would also come into play do do you foresee using the smart contract template that you guys have developed something that you would apply to say traditional film and tv uh music you know licensing in that aspect um we haven't really thinking about this so um Maybe, maybe it can be the next niche we occupy, um, but uh, not for now, really, uh, because licensing requires different terms. Uh, but yeah, that's also an option. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, you also have, if you think about maybe not even for licensing, but if you have a traditional media contract, again, it just comes to mind the the number of parties that might be involved from say the artist to an agent or manager to the lawyer you know all those people get paid out and so you know maybe there's a way to to make that a little more streamlined yeah absolutely absolutely because we really believe you know um we of course before building up uh originality we 
tested our hypothesis and we did a few NFT drops with the beautiful artists. And what we saw is that, for example, when gallery or museum sells uh, an NFT, the artist has to wait for his or her fair share for quite a long time because gallery or museum, first of all, needs to accept uh, crypto and after probably transfer to fiat money and it takes like a month. And after, you know, to get access to this money at its bank account and pay all transactional fees um, and costs. And like it takes a few months uh, for artists to to get uh, income. It's really unfair. So it's again the point with where we started. It's about searching of justice. Are there currently plans or perhaps future plans to, and again, if this is already happening, uh, forgive me, to perhaps launch a gallery in real life. And then if someone wanted to purchase the piece, it would be through the originality marketplace. Yeah, it can be an option. Actually, now we create the gallery in the metaverse. Mm. Um, We understand that uh, metaverse is not any longer than number one technology since chat GPT appeared. <laughs> so, but nevertheless, we believe in this. I mean, um, we are not obsessed with an idea, but we still believe that um, the humanity will move to digital spaces. And for example, we have our digital office in, uh, in the metaverse. This is how we work because uh, all our team members live in different countries on different continents and this is the only option we can meet and you know communicate on a daily basis so we work on building up our digital gallery uh in the metaverse also what is really important for us we provide all galleries uh in originality with the possibility to create digital exhibitions mm. so it's not only about galleries page it's about an exhibition and you can create this exhibition using very familiar tools. I mean, familiar for galleries, because for example, you can, you know, choose the color of uh, walls. You can um, combine the sound and the picture or the video, uh, the digital work, it's work itself. So um, we did really all the homework we did um we took care of everything i would say uh in order to let galleries and artists and curators to do what they do best mm. and is there a specific metaverse that you guys have set up shopping or is the metaverse element designed to be interoperable and and across different ecosystems uh as for originality we decided not to go into uh, immersive experience right now um, because you know it's still been honestly disappointing often not because uh, not because like okay it's not fault of metaverse that's a fault of high expectations I would say because people mm. 
like watch too much movies and their expectations about metaverse is something really immersive when you can touch the art etc communicate with art but uh, we understand that technologies are not ready for this first of all hearts i mean headsets are not really available to enough amount of people they are not very light etc so there are a lot of problems there are a lot of work to be done in this field and we don't be, we do not belong to this market so sure. it's not a problem we can um resolve but what we did we did just you know very um i believe nice and convenient uh exhibition space uh at originality it doesn't require to wear a headset you can just move uh, from one digital item to another you can uh, listen to the sound which comes together with an art so yeah it's uh, quite i would say it's web 2.5 solution (laughs) (laughs) so it's so it's a it's a it's a you it's your own metaverse you're saying it's an originality metaverse within Uh, it's not no, no, it, it's not. It's not a. Um, it's not a kind of metaverse. It's just originality. Io, and you can see their exhibitions. Um, it's it's not a metaverse. And when I described our meta office, uh, it's not originality um, space. It's just another um, metaverse which exists already, and which has chosen them to. To, to establish our meta office there. Got it, got it, got it. So the, this sort of arm of, of, of originality is an offering that can be provided to galleries if they wanted to pursue it, but it's not necessarily going into Sandbox and, or, or, or Decentraland and having a gallery. It's sort of through an extension of originality and what you guys provide to galleries in this case. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We do not push galleries to join Sandbox or Roblox, as you said. Um, I mean, maybe it will be the next step, the collaboration with uh, any metaverse space, Uh, but I believe the market is not ready yet. I mean, galleries are not ready for sure because uh, that's a big thing to mint NFT for now. So (laughs) metaverse can be too much. And uh, also to be really attractive for collectors and customers, uh, metaverse technologies need to be developed more and headsets need to be, you know, let's put it this way. Headsets are not the part of our daily life yet. True. And do do you think that at some point, I mean, to, to... Wear one and then you come out of it. it. It seems right now more of a of a hassle to experience. Like you kind of have to dedicate your time to put one on and have that experience. It, it, it to your point, it's not so immersed in a day to day to where it seems fluid. It it actually, you know, you're 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 living a different existence when you're you have that headset on versus when you're on a call like this or participating in the real world so long way of saying do you think at some point the two worlds will be more integrated so that a headset doesn't 
seem like a headset and as we know it today and that it might be an experience like putting on sunglasses and then that is still your bridge between the two worlds i believe uh we'll see like you know the gap between analog and digital world is disappearing i really believe that we'll have soon probably sooner than we expect headsets which are light enough which can be warm for more than two hours without headache <laughs> Yeah. And uh, it will provide yeah, um, it will provide immersive experience. So it will be a revolution. I think so. I mean, um, of course, we still belong to to to, to analog world. <laughs> That's I I hope we will. And um, you know, the winners are those who can combine who can unify advantages of both worlds, I would say, of digital world and analog world. And the same with technologies, for example. Uh, I believe that winners are those companies now who, which are integrating Web2 technologies with Web3 technologies. Mm. They, are not they are not in opposition, I would say, in, in any longer. Uh, really, you need to build up the bridge between those two worlds. Right. Because essentially it's all the same world, just different layers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I really don't like, you know, this artificial confrontation between Web 2 and Web 3, like, oh, blockchain, we don't want to hear about it. Come on, guys. That's the part of the world that exists already. It changes minds. Mm -hmm. And uh, you shouldn't just ignore this. And the same um, on, on the other side, like I told already what we faced with um, when we came into Web3, the devaluation of expertise. Yeah, blockchain is a cool idea. I mean, that's great technology, but it doesn't mean that you don't need contract a lawyer or um, train, trans, transparent financial system and a longer you still need it right right and it, it so which is interesting because perhaps an early draw to blockchain and crypto was the idea that it was hey you know you can circumnavigate those sort of pillars that are in traditional we'll call i mean for for just using art as the example but obviously as you mentioned it's across multiple industries and facets initially it, it seemed that people would you know purchase bitcoin even to to have uh you know no trace of their or or to use it as a a means to have a low footprint low profile footprint we'll call it in the same way that one might have used blockchain technology previously to to not have to deal with contracts and to not have to deal with the pillars that you're talking about but now it seems the tech has caught up to a new what's a better way of saying this a, a an evolved way of executing what you were talking about in terms of contracts for example so it's no longer hey i'm using this technology to avoid having to deal with contracts but rather, hey, I'm using this technology to make those contracts easier. Yeah, absolutely. And 
this is exactly what we can see in our daily life. I mean, when you go to to the supermarket, you do not enter the contract, you do not sign anything. It's not obligatory because you just buy, don't know, just some nuts or whatever, whatever. Uh, and if, for example, you buy the piece of art, you would prefer to have a contract, don't you? Totally. The same here with blockchain. Yeah, um, it uh, it helps to it really fac- facilitates deal and uh, deals, and um, it makes easier all money transaction transferring etc but uh, sometimes it requires a contract and it requires proper legal framework so again it is mistake i believe it is mistake um, you know to think that a proper legal or financial framework is kind of opposition to blockchain no they can coexist Right. This is the solution. Right. Right. And 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 finding those intersections seems to be also the future because it's 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 not keeping the, you know, as you mentioned web 2 and web 3 separate entities but rather figuring out all right where where's the merger so that it's it's just paving the way to the future and and we're not having these sort of separate conversations. It's just eventually perhaps all the future until the next thing evolves you know absolutely absolutely that's actually uh, this is what we saw already uh regarding web 2 do you remember times when like people didn't believe that platform being an intermediary in its very gist in its very core people didn't believe that platform platforms will have the market power or will disrupt any industry I bet you remember those times. I remember like it was 10 years ago. Uh, And what we can see now, completely different structure of all markets we know because they are uh, driven by platforms. And uh, for example, the biggest social media doesn't uh, create any social content. Surprise, surprise. Like, (laughs) can you believe this? Or the biggest taxi aggregator doesn't have any drivers or cars wow how how can it be it cannot be true people said 10 years ago or like 15 years ago maybe not long time ago and what we see now it's completely different world and i believe we'll witness uh, the same changes related to web3 so people who do not believe uh, into Web3 and say, no, that's a dead technology. So everyone is disappointed with the metaverse, with the blockchain, etc., etc. They will see different world in a few years. For sure. I think. For sure. And in terms of that different world, what what do you have coming up uh, with originality that you're excited about that you can talk about uh, in in the coming months? Uh, yeah, so um, our focus in becoming month, I would say, is education. We need, as I told before, uh, we quite anticipating the time, and we need to to explain 
why this infrastructure is required, why solutions we are providing with are necessary. So we'll focus on education. And thank you for having me uh, today, because that's also uh, a great chance, you know, to explain uh, why uh, our infrastructure is really necessary. And we'll uh, probably, you know, arrange a few public talks. Um, we will continue uh, developing our launch project, Originality Nightmares, uh, NFT Nightmares. So this is the main focus now. Uh, we're doing our best to attract uh, new galleries, new institutions, professional institutions, uh, you know, to take the Web3 plunge. <laughs> awesome. And where can people go to learn more information, to interact with originality, to take that plunge? How, how do folks get involved? It's easy, just iOriginality.io. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, go to, to our website and yeah, you, you find the platform itself. You'll find our exhibition space, which has one exhibition for now. But I believe um, soon we'll have a few more. And yeah, you can read all uh, information about originality. And also at our website, you can see this you know, special section devoted to NFT nightmares and study more about uh, all those legal disputes uh, in the market. And also you can file your own case you can share your pain with us and <laughs> we'll analyze it being lawyers and like compliance analysts we'll analyze it and you know we'll structure this case um through the legal prism i would say through the legal point of view and that and that would be for nft lawsuits or What's no, they're just, they're just, uh, they're just, you know, the library, the library of uh, legal cases uh, related to NFT market. Just, to, just so listeners are, are clear here, you guys will help provide potential, is it legal counseling or advice on a potential situation that somebody might have with regard to digital art or am I misunderstanding? We will not provide um, the legal advice. Uh, that is not what originality does. Uh, but we'll include probably your case into the library, library of NFT nightmares. And yeah, you will see like the legal analysis of your case. What has happened? What was the reason? Can, how can this risk be mitigated? Mm. Mm, so, For example, through KYC or through the proper contract between artist and gallery or anything else. So essentially, you'll put the case available for people to see, to learn from, and show how originality could help mitigate some of those problems. Yeah. Very cool. Katarina. Thank you so much. I uh, appreciate the time and uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much, Stephen. Thank you. It was a great pleasure to participate and thank you for having me again. Mm -hmm.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Lights, Camera, Crypto, a podcast produced by Matt Bogart and Decentral Media. Music by Brian Duncan and Kareem Imes. If you enjoyed this experience, be sure to rate and subscribe to our show and to follow at Sladen and at Decentral Media for additional content.